Please be advised that in order to foster quality discussions in each episode, we will spoil the stories in each game and text we talk about. Good news is, 90% of the titles we cover are old enough that many of you might already know all about them. That said, we do encourage you to play and read before listening. Hello, Caleb. It's Bryce. I tried to catch a nice ratata a little while ago, but it got away. I was sure disappointed. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know, uh, (laughs) in my in my review of this game for today, (laughs) nothing stood out to me more than that, and. But then I remembered how many times that happened, and it was like the biggest nuisance of the game. And I re- it reminded me, I, honestly, I'm going to get to it, but this ga- reviewing this game, you know, looking back on it, it reminded me a lot of Earthbound, which was bizarre to me. Just the abruptness of the leaving and the weird messages and stuff? Yeah, it's like, like how your dad calls in Earthbound all the time. The graphics are like weirdly... They they kind of I think they kind of match like Earthbound's advanced because I I feel like Earthbound looks really nice for Super Nintendo and I feel like that I feel like it's where like the Game Boy stuff caught up with Super Nintendo because I feel like you know Game Boy looked like crap for a long time in a way also I maybe it's because I didn't actually replay this one for the show but and maybe you guys agree I recall this game being so much more involved. And like, especially story wise, and I know they still, they like take a long time no matter what, but it seems in like watching videos and reading up on it again, it seems like 85% of it is just fucking busy work and grinding and like 15% story. 100%. Yes. Which yes. is also how I feel about Earthbound, even just though I like your Earthbound story. Like, yeah. Just boring going through inventory and grinding and... Yeah, because in the Pokemon, you're just, what, leveling up your, your Pokemon? And this game, too, I don't even think you can alternate and try to fight a higher boss. You have to go in an order, don't you? Yep. And there was a lot a lot of gems that you couldn't unlock until you got a certain item or something, always. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I know. I like the freedom, man. I like the freedom of just cruising and going to fight whoever I want and get my ass kicked proper. Yes. I think to a degree you can, but I don't remember. I... I want. I mean, we're focusing on the stories for this for these shows, and I just felt like I've played this game at least three times for each version of it there is, and I don't feel like I need to replay it again. I don't remember everything, but you know, I know what Pokemon is. Would you all agree? I actually, I actually did a real deep dive into Digimon, and then I realized you were talking about Pokemon, and I had to throw a whole essay away, a bunch <laughs> of notes. So, are you serious? I got screwed on that yet? No. i haven't thought about pokemon and i don't know how many years but uh just like going over the reviews of this game and stuff it it looks a lot more fun than uh like we were saying off air emerald is probably more enjoyable because they rewrote it to a degree and they cleaned up a lot of the bugs and they made the story more enjoyable because in ruby and sapphire you have like 
from what I understand, these competing, what is it, Magma and Aqua or something, like these yeah. competing teams that are the bad guys, but they just kind of switch off weird, and it's almost like a copy-and-paste thing. But if you just play Emerald, they just put them both in, and they're both the bad teams or the bad guys, which probably makes for a more fun play. Mm-hmm. But I mainly just went over the Ruby and Sapphire. I never played Emerald when I was growing up, so I didn't even know that existed until uh, you mentioned it. So I'm like, eh. I think I just played the crappier of the three. Do you guys ever play the newer ones? Any of them? No. None of them? Mm, none of them. Didn't you say you played like, I thought you just told me you played like, not not uh, one of the real recent ones, but like one of the uh, one of the slightly newer ones. I think I picked up uh, the Sun and Moon. Oh, really? Uh, But that was only for maybe an hour or two just to kind of okay. check the vibe a bit. It was same old, same old, but yeah, lo- looks pretty. I mean, I... I started I started to replay Emerald. To be fair, everybody, I did start to play it. And then I thought this is 40, 50, 60 hours <laughs> I don't have the fucking time for. And <laughs> so uh, I put it down, but after I looked into all this stuff again, I'm really I'm actually interested in playing one of the newer ones for like Switch cuz they look pretty awesome. My only opposition is there's got to be like 4,000 Pokemon by now that look like household appliances, and I don't know if I can handle it. That's a lot to remember. There's also like they introduced the VMAX and different versions of Pokemon that are... It kind of goes into Digimon territory almost where you're you're kind of just doing crazy things to how they look and act, but for no reason really. It's so bizarre, but I'm kind of... I'm, I'm thinking about diving into that bizarrery. As Lovecraft would say. <laughs> All right. Well, as we uh, as our bullshit winds down, and our beers are cracked open, and Caleb's water is in a nice stein, uh, welcome to Arcade Bookshop, where we talk about video games and their literary counterparts. For all of you who love to play and to read, I'm Bryce Yoli, and as always, I'm here with my pal and cousin-in-law, Caleb James. But today, I'm also here with my oldest friend and the creator of our awesome podcast logo, Riley Moon, where did this moon thing come from? Because this is new since you guys got married, and I don't think I ever heard the story. Uh, well, we had the old discussion of you're getting married, and you got to take his name. You know, it's gonna change. And uh, we were always sick of how people could never pronounce my last name right. My old last name Stensland. Everyone always just throws a weird. Weird letter in there, Strenchland, Steinsland, something like that. So, just wanted to be cool, one syllable, rock star. That <laughs> how'd you land on Moon? Uh, it literally was just like, like a draw of a hat. <laughs> Kira's <laughs> Kira's super into celestial objects and sounded awesome yeah, to me. I don't fucking care about my name. <laughs> I don't give a single shit. <laughs> sounded awesome. Pissed my parents off. It's everything I could ever ask Bad. for. <laughs> You should have went a little more metal with it and been like moon blood or something. Yeah, honestly, I was I was leaning leaning towards it, but one syllable, you can't beat it. Yeah. Signing off for UPS has never been easier. That's true. So when you picked up the Sun and Moon Pokemon, was it Moon because you love your last name now? I'm so about it. No, that's just that's the one uh that my buddy had. He's real real about Pokemon and He's got all the newest ones. He like plays actual cards still. Oh my god! So yeah, that's dedication. 
Yeah, that's old. That's why I know about the new one and how they have all like the crazy additions and stuff. So, and uh, just to continue the intro, uh, the game we're talking about today it's called Pokemon. Uh, if any of you have heard of it, uh, more specifically, it's the third generation consisting of the three alternate versions: uh, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. But going off the trading card thing, did you know? I never, I never heard of this until I was listening to. Uh, the other podcast I frequent, there was a Pokemon trading card video game. What? I don't know anything about it. I actually just thought of it just because you brought up brought up the cards. But apparently it was pretty popular. I don't know. Did you know about that? No, that sounds incredibly boring. I know. But it, I, I think it, excuse me, I think it was actually a popular game. I, and they, they actually just added it to Nintendo Online, too. So it's like you had the social inter- interaction of the actual cards, and you got rid of that part and just put it right. as a video game. Right. That makes sense. A little work-from-home action. Yeah. I'm going to look that up and see how incredibly stupid it looks. Sounds too meta. While you do that, I'll regale you with a fun story. Okay. When I was a young man, because I'm a little older than you two, uh, we had all the Pokemon cards, and we had kind of a, uh, I don't know, like a black market trade going on. And I actually got in a gang fight over Pokemon cards. <laughs> a gang came to my house one day and they wanted to trade cards. Somebody pulled open their trench coat and I don't know. They had some, what were the, the shiny ones? And I was like, hmm, I don't know. And while they were distracting me with the cool cards, uh, one of their lackeys robbed me. They snatched my uh, book oh my of Pokemon cards and ran. And I chased them down the street barefoot. And then I beat up the lackey and got my cards back. But I was missing some of the... Uh, better one so i think that was also a ruse as the gang leader apparently uh got my good cards and then i just kind of gave up after it. i said this is stupid i'm 10 i shouldn't be fighting people in the streets over pokemon (laughs) (laughs) i stabbed a guy for a pokemon card jesus christ (laughs) so this was for game boy color imagine like the original like the second generation of the poke of pokemon games you know like gold and silver and shit Imagine that only nothing moves and you're talking about uh it that that's basically what it is only like there's no there's no pretending that you're an actual Pokemon you're, you're manipulating an actual Pokemon yeah so like here I'll show you they just like instead of having um oh what you probably can't see it from where I am but this is like uh, you can't see that it's it's just playing eight bit cards. Yeah, like the battling looks the same as as uh in the in an actual Pokemon game, only instead of like putting a little Pokemon on each side, they put like a picture of a Pokemon on each side. <laughs> even so smaller. it's like it's yeah. like it's not we're not even pretending now. You're playing you're playing a game. <laughs> I can't imagine that being exciting. It's a to big, do. big step backwards for Pokemon. It feels like, yeah, I can't. And, but it was popular. Yeah, but if you were a Pokemon enthusiast, at least the card game, and you actually do tournaments and stuff, is it any different than online chess? Well, yeah, or but online no. poker or anything. It's still just no. You know, but I don't. I mean, but for Game Boy Color, I think. I mean, like online chess, as in like, or poker, as in like, like actually playing with other people. We're because, just playing with the computer. Yeah, but I don't know. I gotta be, There's practice, man. I guess so. Doesn't the card game function the same way as the games, like in terms of how attacks happen, I thought? 
I'm sure there's card rule, card game rules though, but might be slightly different with turns. Imagine if uh-huh. you wanted a Pokemon game for Christmas, and your mom got you that instead. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, man. Like you go, you're all excited. You, you turn it on. You're like, what the? F- wait, wait where's your, the? That's your game uh, until until your birthday. Where's the avatars? There's nothing. Just the cards. <laughs> I want to see. It costs $65. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how many uh, copies of that were sold. Who was playing this game? I'm looking it up now. This looks so stupid. <laughs> Doesn't it? it? Like, just play the actual Pokemon game. That's what, what I'm saying. It's the, the same thing. But just uglier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if if you didn't have friends to play the cards with. But it's not like the cards look good either. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. They're ugly. <laughs> well, anyway, I picked this game for the show today because... We had plans to do an episode with my nephew, but he was busy in 15-year-old love this summer. Um, as in as in teen love, like they're both 15. Not uh not anything else weird or wrong, but uh, You can stop explaining now. <laughs> I thought the third generation of Pokémon would be cool for that because it's more easily accessible. For a high school kid, but also retro enough that I could still relate to it without having to talk about one of the newer Pokemon games that he's played already. Unfortunately, he had to uh, bow out for this one, but maybe he'll be back in a later episode of ABS. Regardless, I think, well, we already established, we've all played this game at least once, and I know Riley and I had at least a minute where we were fucking diving into that shit. Back in high school. Yeah. You were involved in that whole thing with like Dylan Edmonds and <laughs> we, were, we were all playing a version of it and then trading games. And oh, we'd, yeah. We'd bring it to school mm-hmm. and um, kind of catch up. Yeah. Where you Did at? your school have Pokemon gang fights? I don't think not as far as that. I mean, we all no, worked. That's no fun. We, we all worked together. We were a gang. We fought our Pokemon. <laughs> oh, that's lame. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be real stakes. A black guy if they lose. (laughs) But we hooked those fucking Game Boys up like there was no tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was. I I brought that cord in. I had the like the E link to trade shit. You had to if you wanted to catch them all, man. So Emerald though, you can't. I heard that uh, I was reading and I remembered that Emerald, you can't trade things to the other games. It was only between Ruby and Sapphire you could trade things. What? That's what I was well, reading about. I but remembered you can, it. You can connect it though, still, right? Like, yeah, you can still connect, but you like just, to get your Pokédex. There were certain ones you couldn't transfer. But did you have to? You could still like fight though, right? You, oh and, yeah, and that way, because doesn't that still like add to your Pokédex? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We were doing that forever. We, like we we all had uh, a different copy of the game. I I think we all had at least one copy of the of each game, and then. Other people also had the uh, the fire red and leaf green and well yeah those two because those are I didn't even realize it they're like technically part of the third generation like not his, not like in the chronology of of uh, the the games but they're part of they came out at the same time and they they you can trade between them yeah yeah uh, fire red and leaf green were reboots yeah of the Red and blue, mm-hmm. yellow, that region. But they like, yeah, they were for, part of it for Game Boy Advance. Yeah, 
And we're also reading Animal Farm for our next episode. So I thought the obvious match for a book about communism was Pokemon. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, you're imprisoning these poor animals to do your work for you. So, yeah, I say it fits. Yeah, right. Wasn't there some selective breeding going on in those Pokemon games, too? I would say so. Sounds about right. We'll, we'll get more into that in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there is breeding, and uh, not my favorite part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite breeding story? <laughs> it's a weird way to start a conversation. <laughs> what species? <laughs> I didn't realize um, in those games there was also like a a farm type situation where you could put out like a salt lick kind of thing to lure certain types of Pokemon. Oh, that sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. Is it just that or is there other like other tools? I believe it was just that, but you could alter the ingredients because apparently certain ingredients brought about certain personality traits in Pokemon. So you could like learn different moves first or last. That's funny. Bookmark that. Yep. Real quick, since since we're talking about stories here, I'm just going to give a brief summary of this Pokemon story. Not that anybody cares that much, but that's the whole point of the show. And I just want to say, the story is about a boy or a girl who gets stuffed in the back of a moving truck like an animal <laughs> and uh, <laughs> gets released, finally, once they're uh, at their new home. But also, like every Pokemon game, it's about trying to find all the Pokemon in the world and saving the world in one way or another. Um, the only real plot in this, I think, is in regards to Team Magma and Team Aqua. I think there's, like, side, little side plot things, but very, like, more like side quest things that don't matter that much. So, like, the main story is uh, with Team Aqua and Team Magma and just trying to, like, resolve the whole fight there. Um, and I don't remember... Maybe you guys know more right now, but I, I don't remember what the differences is, but the differences are between uh, Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald since Emerald came out later and kind of brought things together more. But basically, Team Aqua and Team Magma are just uh, out to uh, Team Magma is out to expand the land uh, for ecological reasons and uh and Team Aqua is out to expand the sea to make, you know, to make the world more water um, instead of land. And they're doing this by summoning the legendary Pokemon Groupon or Kroger. Uh, Groupon being the ancient god of saving 25 cents on Tide detergent and Kroger being the great mythological <laughs> beast of grocery shopping. Right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> um but that that's basically it. Um, and it's Groudon and Kyogre, or however you say it, I know. But that's 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 pretty much it. And then and then I guess towards the end, that's when uh however you say these stupid Pokemon names, Rayquaza, the green one, comes down and just says stop and then it's over. Pretty that, much. That's all I I mean, I don't I don't remember this stuff. That do you have more to add for the synopsis, Caleb? Well, I have a question. Okay. Um are these the only two Pokemon? Because I'm not familiar with any of the new ones. Are these the only two legendary Pokemon that like double as a creation myth? Because they actually have a mythology, and you know, they like they fought each other, and they both went to sleep, but they both 
have their own ideologies, which is what clashed. And there's something about like climate change that threatens them too. I didn't really get too deep into that, but uh, like the mythology thing is what interested me is like they're it's a creation myth, and I didn't I never heard of other Pokemon having that. I I actually didn't. I, I would say that's it's the only one. I actually didn't find that in my research over the last couple of days, but that does make it a lot more interesting. Did you find anything? Did you think anything more about that? I couldn't find too much on that, sadly, but <clears throat> like I said, I wanted to uh, see if you guys knew if there was any of the newer Pokemon went that route, because that's kind of a, it gives you, it, it steeps the Pokemon in a cooler world, I think, because you get a little mythology involved versus just, oh, this Pokemon digs, and this one has fire, and this one has a flaming dick, like, I don't care about all that <laughs> all the time, like, sometimes, you know, because like you said at the beginning, it's hard to get too deep into a Pokemon game, because it's just like a fun story, but this one, at least, like, this generation seemed to take a little bit of a deeper dive into some kind of storytelling, uh, at least compared to the ones before it. Because um, I don't remember, like, Blue and Red having much of a, like, deep story. It's just Ash has to, you know, be a Pokemaster, and, like, that kind of usually is the story. But this one had a little more to do with uh, nature, and even, like, the Pokemon that you encounter, the new ones that were created for this, they're all nature-based, and even more specifically, because I looked up that uh, the creator of this game, uh, he based this this world on, uh, I think it's Kyushu, Japan, which was, I think he, when he was a younger guy, he, I want to say traveled to the island and, you know, like went fishing and did all this stuff, but he got to really appreciate, like, the nature and the people were very kind and caring. And that kind of translated to him creating this game that wasn't so intense. And because most of the Pokemon games, they they try to have like a real world counterpart, I think. And uh, this one, it was more of an island setting where uh, which is why there's so much fucking water, <laughs> just endless water traversing. But he kind of goes into like the Pokemon reflect that. That's why when you look at the designs of them, they you know, like some of them look like a like a child almost, like a like a shy kid. There's other ones that look like more tropical animals, and just like he really, they really went to detail on like the island theme and stuff, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I found uh, something about that too, and I I guess they continue to model every Pokemon game off of actual regions, like the first. Hmm. The first three or four were based on regions in Japan. And then I think after that, the next one was based on New York City. And then they keep using, I think they're using more Western regions now. But mm -hmm. it's not, they're not exclusive to that. But they, it's always, uh, the map is always based on an actual location. And it's interesting what you said about the, uh, about basing the Pokemon off of the feeling that he got from that region too, like it makes me think of that one. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is one of them that he based it on, but the the one that's called Ralts or whatever, because it just looks like a little yeah, little like sl slouch shouldered little boy <laughs> <laughs> wearing a helmet. But also, I I did have some notes about uh, climate change. I didn't I didn't know if they actually referenced it in the game, um, but it's about eco-terrorism and like, <laughs> Oh, and it, it is. I mean, if you think of I mean, that's, that's what they're doing. And I, I think the interesting part to me is 
neither of the groups are fully informed and aware of what they're doing and what they need to do to achieve their goals. And by the end, they still don't know, and but they find out they were wrong. Both sides find out they were doing the wrong thing, and then they make they apologize to each other. Right. And I thought that was it was interesting, is it was like it wasn't the first it, it was the first Pokemon game probably where it wasn't just like a clear like good versus evil thing, like how Team Rocket was just blatantly a bunch of like thieves and jerks to, out to get money. As far as I remember, maybe there's a little bit more depth there, but I kind of I kind of doubt it. And I just think I think it I think even though this game is always made for kids, I think this is the first one that tried to make some kind of statement. And I'm pretty sure this one came out around the time that they were first. I mean, maybe maybe it was a little bit earlier, but you know when they were first really starting to talk seriously about global warming. Yeah, it was very prevalent and just common talk. I guess the only other thing I had to say about that was that with in terms of in terms of each side uh, feeling like being so certain about about what they're doing, it it directly translates to real life. <laughs> If you think about it, even with if you if you think about it directly with real life and global warming, there's one side and there's advertisements all the time. They're confident that global warming is a real thing and they're warning everyone against it as if like the world's about to fall apart or explode or melt or whatever. And they have all this evidence stacked against it or stacked up for it. But then there's always the other side who is also certain that that's not a real thing. They have a lot of things to say about it just being like um, part of a political agenda or just not a real threat. The earth goes through cycles. It's beyond our human control. And at the end of the day, there's always there are always people like that who are certain of their convictions. Right. And someone is always wrong. And sometimes it's both sides. And for as simple as this game is, I think that's a very real world thing that it, that, uh, it translates. Do you think that was reflected in the legendary Pokemon's battle because they both had opposing ideologies? And I, I don't know. I don't remember if either one was right. I'm assuming not. Well, because that's when Rayquaza came down and kind of was like, y'all need to stop. Yeah, like I looked at it as almost like a end of times Jesus thing. Like, <laughs> like he just he just came. I I think the in the in the game he just comes down and shouts, and then they calm down. Yeah, he's like, set down your egos. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's very simplistic in that way, but I I think yes, I think I think that's what I think it is reflected in their in the battles. So I think the real question is, what's your favorite Pokemon? I was gonna ask you earlier, and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I also forgot to uh, figure out what my favorite Pokemon are, but it's not something you think about. That's something you feel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna say uh, uh, Alakazam. That's always been my favorite. It's that's like overall. It's like not based solely within this series of generation. Yeah, three, yeah. I know. I gotta because I don't even remember a lot of the. Po- I know. Well, no. I always liked Psychic Pokemon, so I think I did use. That Ralts one. Yeah. I remember it had a pretty powerful evolution. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Let's find out. Uh, I was reading this article beforehand where someone was mentioning that the color palette and graphics of these games were a lot brighter and just like more 
special in certain ways than the other past games, kind of equating it to almost like how Mario Sunshine was to the Mario games. Uh, it really just brought like a certain vibrancy to a lot of the color palettes and the way that the Pokemon themselves were a lot more like tropical feeling at times. Cause, I mean, even look, do you remember like the, the starter Pokemon of these games? Yeah. Uh, they're just like maybe like the last starters that actually kind of looked fun and had like personality actually yeah they're like they, they do look fun they, i mean they're they're a little more cartoony than than the last two generations i think they look they do, i think they all in general look more happy like <laughs> that's what i mean it's like yeah, they, they but, and that kind of goes into what he was saying earlier about the the, the design uh, how they were inspired to design this one yeah yeah exactly yeah and and they the other cool the graphics are really cool in this. If you if you aren't if you're disregarding that there are that there are uh, there's a future of video games after this period. <laughs> I remember first playing these and I was like, oh my god, these are fucking awesome. And especially if you had like, uh, do you remember how there like there was a Game Boy like the one right there and the SP. Yeah, and before that it was just the Game Boy Advance. Didn't even have a backlight. And then you got the SP, and you turn games on like this, and it was like, oh my god, it's beautiful. And then, and then a little bit later on, uh, they came out with like DSs and stuff that you could put that were backwards compatible for Game Boy Advance. And um, if you, I forget which version of it, what it was, I don't know if it was like DSi or something like that. I I don't know if it was that one or not, but I, I eventually had one of those. And the colors are just are, were like so much more saturated and like way more vibrant when you played stuff like this. It was like, oh my god, that's how it's supposed to look. <laughs> yeah, and this is like one of the most like I don't know, like it felt tropical almost. Yeah, like psychedelic in a way, not really, but like like in terms of color. Well, yeah, you just never had access to that kind of vibrancy in those Game Boy Color games. Yeah. Man, for being called Game Boy Color, those games are very dull. Boo. Yeah. I'd still play them, but yeah. So Ralts evolved into Curlia. No, the best was, uh, you, me- you mentioned Ratatat. Gardevoir. The, uh, the upgrade to Zigzagoon. Wait, huh? Look it up. Zigzagoon? He's like one of the first Pokemon that you encounter that uh, the professor is out in the wild and you have to meet him. And he's like, "Help save me from oh, it's Zig-Zagoon. like it's like the third generation version of Ratata, Ratata. Yeah, yeah. I, I never knew how to say it. <laughs> Too many ATATs. I don't even know if that's right. I'm but he's, he's, with it. he's like a little puppy raccoon. It is very cute. I think it's uh, hilarious though that Caleb's got fucking nothing to say about this game. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I, I told you beforehand. I mean, if you want full transparency. I don't really like Pokemon at all. I liked them when I was a kid, briefly. I got in a gang fight. I did play the games, and I liked some of the games. But, uh, like I said, I didn't actually play Emerald. So, Ruby and Sapphire, after that, was, I think, the end for me. I don't think I played another Pokemon game. Mm. Uh, After that, I didn't watch any of the movies or the stupid show or anything. And I always hated Digimon worse. I know that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I just, like, I hated the name. Digimon. Wow. I don't like it. Hot take. I think Riley's a Hot Digimon take. Digimon fan. Just the the theme song, honestly, that was what got me. 
I don't even remember the theme song. Digimon, digital monsters. <laughs> the theme song was kind of good. <laughs> it just got me psyched up as a 10-year-old on Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, uh, the second generation was my generation. I, I think the... My generation? I think, well, I it was the one that I played the most. I I always I, I don't I, I always had I, I originally had Sapphire for this generation. I don't think I ever actually really played it because I think when it came out I was at that age where you're like I want to start like doing more serious stuff. It was I don't know like at, at like adolescent age, and I think I started playing it and I was just like oh, this is fucking annoying. I don't and I was like well, I always watch my brother play cool stuff. And I think I just put it down. And then back, then in high school, you uh, start to want to do stupid stuff again a little bit. And F- 15-year-old summer love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you start wanting to do other 15-year-olds. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and, and you get distracted. But uh, in between the doing, you start playing Pokemon again. I just totally lost my train of thought after all that shit. <laughs> uh, did you know that those uh, Sapphire and Ruby and Emerald were the last Pokemon games that were made solely for Nintendo handhelds? Like, after that, they all went to, like, Switch and other things. Wait. At least that's the, what I read. The, thir- the Like, the actual third generation? That's the, what I remember, yeah. Well, it would, it would go to, like, DS then, wouldn't it? Yeah, but, like, that was, like, the last for, like, the... Oh, it was the last Pokemon... Wait, the last like Game Boy. Okay. Yeah, like they all went to DS and then now Switch. Yeah. Huh. But it was like that was kind of like the wrap up of a generation. So after that, we kind of fell off on That's some of it. Did you further know that not only are uh the the three of this generation plus Fire Red and Leaf Green part of uh all, something that all goes together, but there's also there's also Pokemon Coliseum for GameCube and Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness for GameCube. You can trade between all seven of these games, and the Pokedex was like like enormous in this generation. What? And it was like really really hard to to actually complete your Pokedex. I've never com- have any of you completed your Pokedex? No, that's one of the reasons I completely dropped no. off is because it was too much stuff. Yeah. It's just too much. I, I, would, I didn't even want to do that in the first game. It's just <laughs> a lot. And you don't... Because you, like, you get your six that you like, and it already takes like 60 hours to beat that fucking game. Even just doing that. And then if you want to complete your Pokedex, you just got to spend like 100 hours. Yeah, even as a 13-year-old, I knew I'm not getting paid for this. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of gaming. <laughs> to add to the eco terrorism shit, I love how uh, <laughs> or the theme of that anyway. I love how Professor Birch looks like a little chubby hippie uh, compared to like uh, is it Professor Oak, right? Yeah, who actually looks like a doctor of Pokemon. That is how they say it. <laughs> What's your favorite Pokemon, Caleb? Diglett. Tell me. Tell me more about that. I, wa- I just watched a meme today, actually, that came up. It was uh, like a TikTok or something. This guy was dressed. He had a Diglett cosplay. He was just a shirtless buff guy wearing a Diglett mask, and he's <laughs> at a convention, and uh, he just kept saying Diglett, and then they asked him uh, why he dressed like that, and his response was always Diglett, and I like that. So now Diglett's my favorite. <laughs> what about you, Riley? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, 
I, I was always a fan of the the water type Pokemon starters. They're just r- real friendly, real fun. Mudkip and Squirtle were always real, real close to my heart. Mudkip. But then they got real cool as you got to evolve them. Just always kicked ass. And sa- honestly, going back to Gen, Gen 1, Sandshrew, Sandslash. Oh, uh, yeah. I always liked that guy. And just, uh, we could, we could end on some stupid details from this video game. Team Magma puts rocket fuel in a volcano. What uh, does that accomplish? <laughs> I don't know. It's part of them trying to resurrect Groudon. I don't really under, I don't know. Political agenda. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Team Aqua steals a submarine. <laughs> Didn't that just happen? <laughs> I don't know. If Too it was soon. A stolen submarine. <laughs> and uh, and both teams, um, I believe, steal the wrong orbs that are supposed to control each creature. They both do the wrong thing. Mm. Don't we all? Karma. If this game doesn't just make you think of everything you're doing wrong in your life. Right, Caleb? I guess. You know, for an (laughs) island, there's a lot happening there. Yeah? Well, I mean, it's supposed to be like a small island, and there's people stealing rocket fuel, which means there's scientists creating rockets or submarines. There's there's a lot going on there. Wait, hold up. Go back to the submarine part, because the water part of these games was a huge deal, I remember, because everyone was super pissed that whenever you're riding across the entire freaking ocean looking for your orbs and whatnot, every 10 feet, you're encountering a Pokemon that you have oh, to battle. Yeah. I always and they're probably mostly water-based Pokemon, I'd imagine. Yeah, all just it gets very repetitive. Yeah, the same things that you don't need to catch. I always forget about random encounters and stuff like this, and that's that's the thing that'll make me stop playing. And like well, that that was whenever they introduced the uh, those like HMs and TM super abilities that you could use, like they had. Uh, Super rep- super repel was a th- was a thing that you could use. Oh yeah, to get through all that without encountering a lot of wild Pokemon's. But that's one thing Earthbound got right is if you are powered up enough, you just skip the fights. You don't have to do every random fight. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, talking about Earthbound again. I, other than that, I do I I still feel like for being a Pokemon game, it's weirdly somehow it really really reminds me of Earthbound. Well, the colors and just the happy-go-lucky nature of the game kind of goes, you know, they kind of coincide. Yeah, it lacks the absurdism that Earthbound games seem to really weigh yeah. on. But you don't fight that. stop signs and piles of garbage. And uh, unborn fetuses? Or <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> this, this, this show is all about spoilers. Uh, this game also, these games also had a, the I believe this was the first time that you could fight two people at once. Yeah, the old trio. There's a lot of th- like mechanic things that you forget about on this one. It's cool that you can do the the double double battle thing uh, in, in this one. Um, the Emerald version actually incorporated that a lot more. Yeah, they, it's made it. I think even a lot of them were mandatory. I think there was a a gym that. That was like the hardest part was you had to get through the very end of it with a double battle. And it was like, if you hadn't saved before, you were just stuck in a death loop. Yeah, I remember getting boned by stuff like that. All right, well. uh, That's three (laughs) dudes talking about Pokemon. (laughs) 
To be fair, I will be a lot more informative and entertaining for the Animal Farm episode. That's the only reason I even agreed to do Pokemon, is because I wanted to read Animal Farm. Yeah, that one will be a lot more interesting. We're getting some deep shit on that. Then we could talk about communism and Pokemon. All right. Well, animals, man. So stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be discussing what we decided for the purposes of the podcast was Pokemon Third Generation's literary counterpart, Animal Farm by George Orwell. If you're enjoying the show, be sure to follow or subscribe and be sure to check out our Instagram Instagram page at arcade underscore bookshop for our playing and reading schedule so you can play and read along with us and understand what the hell we're talking about. You can also find the schedule in our show notes. If you have any game and book pairing recommendations, please email us at arcadebookshop at gmail.com or message us at arcade underscore bookshop to let us know your great ideas. Let's not forget Caleb and his life outside of this podcast. Uh, If you want to hear me flapping my gums a lot more than I normally do on here, you can check me out at the DPW Podcast. Uh, You can go on Instagram, Facebook, uh, the corpse of Twitter known as X and YouTube at DPW Podcast. You can also follow my website, calebjamesk.com, where I post uh, sometimes stories in my publication history and the podcast as well. Riley will be with us again next time for Animal Farm as well. But, Riley, can you think of a game or a book you'd like to do if you come back again in the future? You don't have to answer now if you don't want to, but. Peer pressure. Do it. Answer. Uh- I'd be interested in doing the Archie comics. <laughs> I don't want to read any more Archie. I hate it so much. This so do stupid. I. I think that was one of our better episodes, though. Can't wait to Weirdly. get some feedback on that one. Yeah. Well, the show was very relevant for young people. So, What about a game? A game? I don't know. All right. Think about it. Well talk about it next time thanks so much for listening everybody as always do yourself a favor go stick a controller in one hand and your book in the other 